you know, the Bible talks about making beauty from ashes. And I just want to say, thank you, God, for taking the ashes of my life and the mistakes I've made and the people that I should not have married and all the craziness in my life. And thank you. Sorry, Christine, I don't mean to make you cry. <laughs> thank you, God, for making beauty from the ashes. Thank you for giving me a second chance. Thank you for giving me, thank you for giving me a husband that could love me completely. I'm Christy Code Red, and you're listening to Rebel Weight Loss and Lifestyle, where we believe food holds the power to heal or poison, and we believe our society has been misled regarding proper nutrition and weight loss. You're in the right place if you're looking for some straight up truth, because I'm here to shed light on the lies and brainwashing that has taken place over the past five decades. Thanks so much for listening. Welcome back to another episode of Rebel Weight Loss and Lifestyle. I'm your host, Christy Code Red, author, entrepreneur, retired professional boxer. Always a pleasure to be joined by Carrie Thompson, my sister, the COO of Code Red and MSNRN, a little bit of everything, a mother of three, an army wife, blah, 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 lots of, and now I guess you really could call me a farmer, Christy. We are applying for farm status in Kentucky. Yeah, you have to apply for it. And then you have to pick out three farm names that you would like. And I guess Thompson Farm is probably going to be taken. So we had to think of some other ones. Well, that's exciting. Do you yeah. get any benefit from having a farm status? Yeah, I'm hoping taxes. Oh, if my accountants listen right now. Woo, woo. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping taxes. That's plus, you know, there are a lot of expenses with running a farm, all the feed. Someone asked me on Facebook the other day, oh my God, how are you? What are you going to do with all these animals? Like, are you going to make money? I was like, no, I spend money on them. That's about it. So it'll yeah, be nice a, to be able to write some of that off. It's definitely a liability. It's not an asset. If it doesn't make you happy, then you should take that 10 grand in birds I have out there and put it somewhere else. Right, right. I tell you, it's just Instagram gold. That's all it is. Because all of us just look, we all tune in every morning to watch you feeding the animals and to see Gus and Gertie going, wah, 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 running after you. And it's so much I fun. Them. I love them. Well, we love you guys. We want you to know we really appreciate how much when you rate and review us. We appreciate when you share the podcast and we appreciate when you buy the Code Red products. And a really great Code Red product is the Code Red Hydro Flask water bottle. This is 40 ounces and it has the flip up straw, which is really great for people who like for anybody, but for especially for people who wear a lot of lipstick like me, it's fantastic. And it has the long straw, 40 ounces. So we offer these in six colors carrie's got the new galaxy that's new this is this white one's not new this is just the one i keep at my cabin oh, there and you go now you can see yeah it's sparkly oh. and for ten dollars more you can get yours custom engraved carrie has hers there you go in any font it doesn't have to be that cursive and it can really be anything that you want on it except for a curse word we have had a recently a rebel try to put really some nasty, naughty stuff on hers. And I think, I don't know, I think she thinks it's funny. And Carrie finally wrote her an email after the second time trying to do that and said, okay, that's not on brand with Code Red. Let's just have you. You can go anywhere you want and get your own plain water bottle and put whatever you want on it. But if it's going to have this on it, we don't want it to be naughty, please. And thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's just not, we don't want to be associated with those naughty words, but thank you guys. Don't forget that's on our website, coderedlifestyle.com forward slash shop. 
and you can pick out all sorts of items we have. We keep a uh, wide range of Code Red items in the shop page, and you can put lots of stuff in your shopping cart, and then they get shipped t- together. And the Code Red Revolution book it can yeah. the book can be sent with your other items, guys. I mean, grab it. Let me send. Let's get a copy out to you. You know, and there's a really great chapter on here about this awesome person named Carrie Thompson. I don't know if you know about that chapter. (laughs) And it used to be that our code red revolution book shipped from a different warehouse on the East coast, but we finally have everything shipping on the, the, from the same warehouse. So that's really handy and quick. And we use FedEx and we, it's just, it's great. You guys. Yeah. So definitely get yourself a code red product because that brand means something. When you show the code brand, I mean, you don't see a whole lot of people wearing a t-shirt saying I took fentramine pills on it. So <laughs> I was hoping to make you laugh. So no, no, it, you're going to say that. Pe- but- people love code red because the brand means something. So I agree. Today, Carrie and I, it's just a little bit of a vulnerable podcast for us, but I mean, we both have been open and honest about things, but this is going to be life lessons learned from our best and worst. I think that it's important to share with you some of the crap that's happened in our life and then some of the good things that's happened in our life. And so I said to Christy, let's think of one of our best, one of our worst, and let's tell people what we learned from it. Because I think that I really think that, well, let me back up. I asked people, what are the assumptions you make about me? And somebody wrote on my, my, on my Instagram, they wrote, I assume that you have your poop together in a group way better than the rest of us. And I held the phone out and I laughed, Christy. I laughed. Of course, I don't have it together better than the rest of you guys. I'm just like you. And I think when we do podcasts like this, that it helps you understand that we're really, we're just regular people. We're just like, that's definitely the the hope. So without further ado, let's start off. I'm going to have Carrie start off sharing hers first. She's going to, and just break it down for us and take your time and tell us what you picked. And by the way, Carrie had this idea and I, then I went, we went to go record and I wasn't ready. I had to stop and I got a pen and paper out and I started taking notes and writing mine down. Cause I was like, so much crap has happened to me and so many good things have happened. How can I, how can I contribute to this podcast? Something that's going to make you go, oh, and then something that's going to make you cheer at the end. So Carrie, I know it's going to be a little bit vulnerable. So I just want to say thank you in advance for sharing your heart with us. Thank you. And I also want you all to know that I did harass Chrissy for not knowing. I was like, what are we doing in here recording this? If you ain't ready, Uh, you can't, I said, you can't think of some crap that's happened to you. (laughs) I said, yeah, I just want to pick the best one. She was trying to be authentic. And I really appreciate that. I had to tease her. I'm the only one that gets to do that though, by the way, I don't think there's anybody else that teases you like I do. No. If I get an opportunity, I'm going to do it. And it's never mean. It is just for fun. Let me tell you. Okay. So I thought a lot about this, Christy, and my best and my worst. I mean, people are going to be like the day I had my children. Those were amazing days. I love that. The worst might be the time I had kidney stones. And I thought that I was having another baby. I thought that I was having another baby. No, it was a kidney stone and it was miserable. That is a miserable experience. Was that the time in Disney world? Was that when we were trying to walk and you were walking hunched over and Disney Oh World? my gosh. Well, that's because I had sepsis because I was trying to treat my own kidney infection and because oh. uh, I had a stent in. Because I like to do that kind of thing. I'm I'm going to go ahead and fly away from my doctor with an infection. No, a kidney, like when you're in the acute phase of the kidney blocking, the stone blocking, that's pretty miserable. And you know, because Miles went through that with a blood clot in his urethra, which is horribly painful. But it's not that, it's not even 
the day I got married is none of that. Y'all are going to be like, what is she going to say? But the worst, the best thing that's happened in my life is birth from the worst thing that happened in my life. Now, a lot of you that are going to be watching this um, are going to know who I'm talking about. So I want to say in advance, if any of you are friends with this person or know this person, I am not talking disparaging about them. Everyone, there are two sides to every story. And obviously there's this person's truth and there's this person's truth. And then the, the real truth is somewhere in the middle is what I've figured out with life, you know? And so, but I don't want you guys to think that I am talking about this person because I do still respect this person, but definitely the worst thing that's ever happened to me were the months leading up to getting divorced uh, from Anne Marie's dad. And I have to tell you that the relationship I was in with him, now this is my perspective, please please keep that in mind was we had gotten to the point where it had deteriorated so much Christy that it had become a very controlling relationship. In my opinion, I'm sure he does not see it that way. I'm trying to be nice in case y'all are like, I work with him, you know? So it was to the point where I had no contact, hardly any contact with my family, the things I love to do. I had given up. I had even given up my dog and Christy, it was because I was trying to make things better. I was trying to bend. I was trying to change who I was to make this relationship work. And I was trying so hard because I did not want to fail Christy. It wasn't even so much not being with this person. It was the fact that I didn't want to fail at marriage. I did not want to have that mark on me you know, it's interesting. You talk to people that are like, you know, you're fundamentalist Christians, like you're real hardcore. And, you know, even my son who just got married has said this to me a couple of times, but mama, you know, there's no reason like you stay married no matter what, like, okay. Yeah. But I do think that if you pick the right person that you should stay married to them, no matter what, and you should make it work and you should try hard. And so I do believe that, but if you don't pick the right person, <laughs> It's an interesting process you go through. So I had come to the point where I wasn't doing what I loved. I was unhappy. We had, you know, Dr. John Gottman talks about the four horses of the apocalypse. One of them, and they're signs and symptoms. If you have any of these things present that your relationship's not going to last. Well, one of them was definitely contempt. You know, if you are ever in a fight with a significant other and you say things to hurt that other person on purpose, that's a pretty good sign that things are not healthy in that relationship. You know, being married to Brandon, I have never, and I can say this honestly, Christy, I have never said something just to hurt him. Like, well, at least my kids, or well, at least when I look in the mirror or, well, I don't know, you're fat. Or, I mean, I'm just trying to think of contemptuous things that I said and that he said to me. So it was definitely the, definitely the end, but guys, here's the worst part of it. I didn't know if I could do it on my own. Now I'm a strong person. I'm a confident person. I'm an educated person. I had a good job. I had insurance. I could pay my own car payment, my own house payment, even with some money in the bank. I was raising my kids, but I was scared to fail. And Christy, I was so scared to go on it on my loan because of part of the way we were raised. And Christy will understand this. We were raised very much. I didn't think anything I didn't think marriages went down like my marriage did. Like I didn't, I don't know what I thought. Like mom and dad never fought in front of us. And that's great. That's the way they wanted to run the relationship. But let me tell you, it gave me the idea. That's how marriages were. Right. And I was shocked when I fought with my husband. I was like, what? Like y'all like we're fighting. Like, what is this all about? I did not know how to navigate that. I did not know how to navigate 
disagreements, disappointment, a sadness, loss. I did not get how that was going to go down. And when that, so that set me up for failure for me, in my opinion, initially, let me just tell you, my kids know that people fight. Now, do we get into knockdown drag out screaming? No, of course not, because I respect Brandon a ton. But anyway, leading up to divorce, it was horrible, Christy. It was the sleepless nights. It was the sick to my stomach. It was the, you know, once you kind of, and everyone that's been divorced, Christy, you know what I'm talking about. Other people do too. You get to that point when you decide you're not going to be together anymore. And then you really, the gloves come off. And then everyone's like, we're going to have an amicable divorce. Ah! We're going to be nice to each other for the kids. Well, let me just tell you something. If y'all can be nice to each other through divorce and then afterwards your friends like, hey, more power to you. I've never seen it. I've never seen it. You all, we always start out that way. Let's just be good for the kids. Like, we'll just, we're going to make it work for the kids. No. So it was horrible. I got told I, horrible things about myself, which he has since apologized for, but horrible things like reaching down deep soul stuff that hurts your soul, you know, like, you know, like your kids are never going to turn out. They're never going to be anything, things like that just tear. Oh yeah. That just tear up your soul. You know? Oh, he also called me a bag of bones. I would like to make mention that was the best compliment I've ever received. Thank you. Thank you very much. I actually don't see that as a, I don't, that's wonderful. Can you say that again? Can I get that on my phone? So I've never been called a bag of bones, but anyway, so going through that process was awful, Christy. And I think the worst part was, and so the months before a divorce and then after, right after a divorce was how did I let myself get into this place? Harry, how did you let yourself get there? How did you, what? You're smarter than this. So not only was the contemptuousness, which is probably not a word, the feelings of inadequacy, the feelings of questioning myself as a mother, wondering if I could actually make it on my own, but also a lot of shame, Christy, a lot of shame, a lot of embarrassment, a lot of people, oh, what happened? Oh, Carrie. Carrie, what happened when our parents got divorced? You wouldn't believe the number of people that messaged me trying to get me to tell them what happened. Well, it's none of your dang beeswax. What happened? You remember that Christy people trying to get a hold of us, asking what happened. No, it's none of your business. What happened? It's nobody's business, but my business. And then of course the legal things were horrific. I hate legal stuff. I hate that feeling. So, you know, your stomach's always upset custody issues, going to court, getting lawyers, spending thousands of dollars. That was extremely horrible and stressful. And just going through that whole thing was awful. But let me tell you a couple of things that were very poignant to me. Two things, two things, my dad and Christy. So my dad said to me when I was going through this, he said, when I was married and contemplating leaving, he said, so how much longer are you going to let him treat you like that? <gasps> and Christy, I was just like, wow, how much of my life am I going to waste? on this person, you know, and it was, that was very significant to me. And then not quite as nice was what Chrissy said to me, <laughs> but I needed to hear it. I was whining around about something, whining, whining. And Chrissy said in her typical Chrissy fashion, you can only talk to your sister like this. She said, you really sound like a victim. When are you going to stop being a victim? And I was just like, well, I'm not talking to her anymore. You know, and I was all, I was really a 
offended, but there was truth in what she said to me. I was playing the victim. I was parking in the point of my pain and just staying there. And I was drawing that hurt and he's wrong. And he wronged me. And I was putting it on like a big winter coat, Christy. And I was just snuggled up in it and I was petting it. Oh, this is a good place to be. Everyone feels sorry for you. Everyone's offering to help you. Oh, the other guys notice you and they want to date you now. I mean, those are all the things that happen when you get divorced and, oh, isn't this a great pity party I'm going to put on and just hold on to. So it was a really horrible time of my life, but I got through it, Christy. I did. I got through it and my kids survived. I survived. I made my house payment. I worked, I made it all work, but I was never, ever going to love again, ever. Screw that. Never. I wasn't going to get married. None of that. And the most wonderful thing happened to me because of the most horrible thing was I had an opportunity to reconnect with Brandon. Again, you guys, we were raised together. Christy and I were raised with his family. Our parents were best friends. It's a story I'll have to tell sometime. And we reconnected and I decided to give it a shot. I didn't think it was going to work. Let me just tell you, like, I did not think I was just like, I can't trust again. I don't want to get myself into this situation, but I had learned some good skills, taking care of myself, being confident, putting up boundaries, deciding what I was and wasn't going to do, deciding who I wanted to be. And because of that horrible experience, I was able to design this beautiful life with Brandon that I love. So I'm with someone that I love. We are not contemptuous. Do we still have issues? Yeah, everybody does, but we have this beautiful Kentucky farm life that I never knew I wanted until I stepped into it. It's kind of like when you get into a race car, you're like, I didn't know I wanted this until I started driving it. You know, that's kind of how I feel about my life now that I was able to, through that horrible experience, design this amazing life. And I never, ever thought I was, that I was worthy of it, Christy, that I deserved it, that I deserved to have someone who loved me, that I deserved to have a confidence and be the person I want to be and do the things I want to do and be authentically Carrie. So through that horrible divorce experience, pre and post-divorce, I had the most opportunity to do the most wonderful thing which is live the life I live now, which is the best thing that's ever happened to me. Whew, that was a lot of talking. Okay. <laughs> wow. Thank you. That was wonderful to listen to. Thank you for sharing that. I didn't know a lot of people will find hope and healing through that story. All right. So I guess it's, I guess it's my turn. Of course, you're joining us. We we're talking about life lessons learned from our best and worst. And we feel like through our vulnerability and sharing this with you, and I know I've found healing through other people's vulnerability. So that's why we want to share this with you, not to trash on anybody, not to, I don't know, what are you, whatever people might think. I, I don't know. It's just simply to share our stories with you. Like Carrie, and I firmly believe that, and I, I don't, I would never dog on our parents. It's just that we were not taught about how r realistic marriages are. And mom and dad, they, they, I guess if they argued at all, and I don't think they did very much because it's a very like traditional Pentecostal kind of a marriage where mm -hmm. my dad's the head of the household and my mom is a submissive wife. And she really never questioned anything he said or did. And he just, she just didn't. And so we never saw any of the way that they re resolved conflict if they mm -hmm. had any. And so I really had a totally warped view of marriage and I've been married four times. I don't think I've ever publicly 
said that miles is my fourth and final marriage i have yeah i'm super humiliated to think i say final marriage that man's good that man, even that that man dies <laughs> i mean i am not gonna no i'm not doing this again i just because we were raised with so much guilt around sex because mm -hmm. the bible says you don't have sex before you're married i think that's great if you can do that but in order to have sex you have to get married well okay that's ridiculous you know so I, I mistake, mistake. I don't believe that Jason Nickel was really a mistake. That's where I got the name Christy Code Red Nickel. I don't, I think it was just a, a matter of growing apart and us wanting different things. I don't hate him. We're not friends, but we're not enemies. He's a good guy. There's, he is a good guy. He's got a wonderful wife, Beth, and they have three gorgeous kids and he's just, he's happy. And I'm so happy for him. I'm really, he's an only child. So him having the grandkids gave Barbie and Paul grandkids. I mean, I'm just, I'm super happy for him. So. But I was on my third marriage. I had been single for right around seven years and I was so lonely and I was living in New York and I was so lonely and I came back and I am not going to say anybody's names because I don't want to get sued for defamation of character. And I've never spoken publicly about this person. I guess if you look up my public records, you'd be able to find out, but I'm still not going to uh, say his name drastically misrepresented himself when we were together. And now I, I do want to also say there are two sides to every story. Miles, when Miles divorced his wife, his wife's family and his entire family completely ostracized him because nobody ever asked him his side of the story. So it's really not cool. And that's one of, that's a big lesson I've learned is no, there's always two sides. So I'm sure just like Carrie, there are two sides in mind. And, and I've already publicly spoken about this before. So this is not going to be a surprise to some of you guys. Some of you guys will be like, holy crap, when you hear this. <laughs> so I, I was desperate for a relationship. I'd been single for a long time. I wanted to be in a relationship. I wanted somebody. And I saw this guy on paper really looked good. Ex-military, school teacher, all these things, ex-triathlete, you know, all these things on paper that, that really just looked good. Well, that was not all there was to the story. There was more going on behind the scenes. And behind the scenes, I didn't know when I got into the relationship with this person that this guy had a kind of like a like a sex addict problem or some sort of a, a sexual preference that I did not want to participate in. Yeah. And so I was at the time saving my money because I wanted to order to open up a gym. I always wanted to open up a gym. And I have been in the gym industry since since 1994. I have I, I love muscular girls. I love weightlifting and bodybuilding and all the things that come along with fitness and exercise and bodybuilding. And so I had saved thirty six thousand dollars to open a gym. And I was with this guy. And as soon as we committed to a relationship and we had access to each other's records, I started finding out about the secret, the secrets, the secrets started coming out and it got ugly quick. So when I wanted to, when I said I was going to leave, there was no money left. Oh. All the money that I had saved was gone. I hate this was story. Gone. And I, I couldn't believe it. I mean, gone and then nothing to show for it. Now I suspect I have suspicions that the money where the money went to, to feed his habit and what he needed in order to like sexually, but I, and that I wouldn't perform. Um, I don't know. The money was gone. There was no trace of it. And there was no, there was nothing. And I, I was left with absolutely nothing at the time. So I wanted to leave, had no money, had nowhere to go. At the time I was working for Axiom, which was formerly Gold's Gym. And I worked there for teaching and being a personal trainer and teaching fitness classes. And 
at the exact same time, I decided to leave him, you know, the guy with no money and a car that overheated. I got fired. JP Green fired me from Axiom and it was awful. I desperately needed that job. I was full time. I was training you know, six, seven, eight clients a day. I needed that. I needed that 20 bucks an hour. That's why I was getting paid 20 bucks an hour. And I look back on, on the way, you know, now that I'm, now that I'm a boss of, of a lot of employees and now that I run a, a multi-million dollar company, I look back at the way that JP treated me and how he fired me and tried to intimidate me, got me in a room with four men and said, you know, like you, you know, it really tried to to intimidate me and, and make me feel like because I, I don't I'm looking, thinking back on my memories. What did I do that was so wrong? And now that I kind of look back, I don't think I fit the mold of a typical kind of a cookie cutter personal trainer. I know I didn't fit the mold. I mean, I, I have a mohawk here. I, I know I wasn't fitting the mold and it was the right thing for him to do to fire me. Now, looking back from one boss to the other, I understand why he did it. But that was the worst time for me to lose my job. So I leave. I have nothing. I have a car that's overheating and I have no money and no job. I absolutely am at rock bottom. I have no money left. I have credit card debt. I have no money left to start my gym. I have no nothing. I have nothing. Absolutely zero. And I absolutely had to start over again from scratch. And this forced me. It forced me. So that what the worst thing that was happening, I remember that sick feeling. I remember Carrie sitting at the McDonald's on, on park over by Park Center Axiom. And I had a dollar six. So I a dollar six, you can get you any size coffee. And I was sitting at and they had free Wi-Fi. And so I was just sitting there, like at that thing, drinking my coffee. And at that McDonald's, like, and the lady would come over there. The people kind of knew me in there and they were, they knew I was upset. I think I had been crying and they were, they got the workers in the McDonald's were like, Oh, we did. They didn't know why, but they were so kind to me. One lady gave me a hug across the counter and I just sat there and I was so hopeless. I had no money. I didn't have a car. I had no place to live. And I, my car was overheating rock bottom. And I didn't know what to do. I barely scraped together a dollar six to be able to buy a coffee with cream and two Splenda. So Jill Beck, Dr. Beck, a lot of you guys know she's a pediatric uh, surgeon, ear, nose and throat surgeon. She used to live in Boise. She doesn't anymore. A lot of you guys have had your kids operated on you by, on, by Dr. Beck. She allowed me to stay in her guest house that was right next to her house. And I slept in her guest bedroom while I pulled myself up from my bootstraps and I created code red from that whole mess. I created code because I had no option. I had to create something. What could I do to earn money? And I knew that I, I needed to do something. So I created the fitness, the uh, nutrition program that code, and I sold it for like a dollar. I sold it for $179. Like it was like, really, it was a fully customized nutrition program. And let me tell you $179. I thought I had hit the jackpot. I mean, I was absolutely, I was so thankful for that money and so thankful for anybody who would let me write a nutrition program for them because I still knew a lot about what I was doing. And from there, living in a guest house of a prominent local doctor with a car that was overheating, but still got me to and, to and fro, to and from, I started writing these and I would hand write these custom programs and put them in a manila envelope, close a little thing and little and flatten the little hooks down and then write like Jim on the outside and Bob, Karen 
And I was just started that way. And had I not been at rock bottom, I wouldn't have created Code Red. I would have been a personal trainer forever making 20 bucks an hour thinking that was good money. I never, because you couldn't, you can't reach. I, I would have owned a gym. Well, that's not a way to reach millions. Now, because of starting Code Red the way we all know it, I'm, re we're, I'm reaching millions and making millions. I'm able to really get out there. My dreams are coming true. I'm designing a life that I know I appreciate miles. He would never say something disrespectful or unkind mm -hmm. to me. Even when we argue, he it's something that's specific and we just get through it. It's not anything just name calling nasty, anything mm -hmm. like that, you know, and you know, I, I work on my own terms. I have carved out this life for myself far beyond anything I ever dreamt. And it was all spawned. It was all born from being at lower than rock bottom. I think I've heard you say, Carrie, when you're at rock bottom, you have to reach to up to feel the top. And yep. I, I just, I remember that horrible feeling where nobody could help me sitting alone in that McDonald's so desperate and oh. saying, what am I going to do now? I have no job, no money, no place to live. I'm living out of my car until Jill Beck rescued me. I'll always be forever thankful to her for letting me at least have a roof over my head and a, a bed to sleep in my gosh. And that's how I created Code Red. And now I have enough money to donate to, to and take care of my family or donate to, to things that I love and travel and live my life on my own, own terms and create more programs for Code Red Rebels that are going to help solve their problems. I still remember that Honda Civic, Chrissy. I know. Great car. 1994. How long? Wait. When did you, how far into code red had you gotten when you finally got a different car? Cause you kept that for a long time, even after like past its due date. Oh yeah. And we kept it. We kind of limped it along. I don't remember. Yeah. Maybe I think I was three years into code red the way you guys all know. Yeah, y'all. Um, Christy's not buying no fancy cars all the time. No. And I was so thankful for that car. It was a five speed. It was an awesome car. You know, oh, and I it had air conditioning. And you it, sold it. For and a I chunk of money. It. Yeah, I didn't even have the title, but some, I think it was just some guy. I don't think he was really very, I don't think he was a legal resident. <laughs> he came along, he handed me cash. I handed him the keys. Nobody said anything. We all just walked away. <laughs> don't know what's happening here. What, Christy, looking back on my story, what was the hardest thing about you watching me walk through my worst time? Your lack of confidence. You, you didn't believe in yourself. And right. it's, it was so hard to see that because I saw the way that you, I saw your education. I saw how pretty you were. I saw how your kids well, were well-behaved and how together you looked and you're a good nurse. And yet you just didn't see that in yourself. You had been beaten down and broken down to where you were just a crumbly mess and you didn't believe in yourself. Right. I think you're right. And I think the hardest thing for me to see with you was just like, I remember just saying again, like, because I remember you went through some hard times in New York, like when you very first got there, when you very first were boxing. I mean, Christy, if there's anybody who's been kicked in the teeth more times, it's Christy. I mean, I've never seen anything, just the hits keep coming. And I remember she, I remember I just slept on like, the, I slept on the laundry room floor in the basement oh, of the gym because I had no place to sleep. That was hard for me as a sister. And I think also wanting to be able to help you, but also not being in a good spot myself, mm. uh, because I had just had Anne Marie, I was not in a good place, but thinking to myself, 
really like really like after all she's done and all she's tried really and it broke my heart and not knowing how to help you like i could have sent you a hundred bucks but then i probably would have gotten in trouble for my husband for doing that at that time now brandon would be like what does she need does she need a ride what does she need you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. but he was just not very giving and you i wanted to be able to help you and feeling like i didn't know how to help you was a terrible feeling as a sister like do you want to move in but then But also I was so beat down in my relationship. I couldn't offer to help and do the things I wanted to do. But, you know, it was interesting here a while back. I said to you, I said, what would your life look like? And I was kind of joking. And I was like, I I said it in the way that what would you even do with yourself if you didn't, if you didn't work for Code Red? If you didn't have Code Red, you know, if I sold the company or if you just didn't work here, you would be so bored, huh? And you said, Oh, no, I wouldn't. And this is even before the farm got to be this size. I said, wait a minute. What? You go, oh, sis, I love you and I love Code Red. But that my life is so rich and full. Do you remember that conversation? I do. And you were shocked. I was like, oh, I would go rock babies in the NICU. I would volunteer to do this. I I can't wait to have grandkids. I think it's going to be a little bit. But I have one son that's married. I mean, I would... I would probably do a garden. I would can everything. I would go, you know, somewhere. And I mean, I just, although I really part of a lot of what my happiness does come from my job and getting to see your dream come true. It's not my dream. It truly isn't my dream because I could, I say I could do it for somebody else but it wouldn't be the same because I'm so close to you. That's the only difference. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I care about people getting healthy. I care about people's lives being changed, but I'm not an entrepreneur by spirit. My spirit is not entrepreneurial spirit. I have a son named Chase. He is just like Aunt Christy. He is all working a deal and figuring something out and trying to think of ideas. And he is just like Christy. He definitely gets that from Christy. That's not mine. My, I want to see you fulfill your dreams. And that's why I love doing what I do. But if I didn't work, oh man, I would have, I would do all sorts of crazy stuff. I would start breeding peacocks and I don't know, I would have so much fun. But that conversation that you and I had really impacted me because I was like, wait a minute, she knows what she, because I just assumed you would be lost without code red because I'd be lost without code red. And that made me stop and go, I went and had a serious talk with myself and a serious talk with Miles. And I said, wait a minute. I go, you know what Carrie just said? She was like, oh, I'd be happy. And I go, wait a minute, you'd be happy. And I go, wait, does that mean I got to look at myself and I realized I would not be happy without code red. And I had to start creating other happiness in my life because I identify so heavily with code red. What if code red wasn't around? What if something happened and I was in a wheelchair? What if I couldn't do code red anymore? What would I, what kind of a person would I be? So that conversation with you helped me take a step back and say, you got to have other things in your life that you love. It can't just be all code red. Oh, Chrissy, you would travel. You would get like, I can see you starting a dog rescue, buying a couple of acres and living out there in a tent with 4,500 dogs (laughs) that you fed every morning. You'd be like, this one's Pippin. This one's Henry. I'm like, what is happening? It'd be like Dog Island. I'm just saying. (laughs) I'm often like, I could start a rescue. And my husband's always like, that's not even funny, Carrie. And I'm like, okay. Well, I don't mean to sound like the martyr here, but I have been around. I have, that's just one of a few of the heart, maybe a half oh. a dozen real heartbreak stories where I was just like, 
Are you kidding me? I mean, when I look back and I think, well, was that wasn't your fault, Christy? Wait a minute. I didn't quite, you know, I jumped into this relationship too quick. I did do things wrong. I jumped in too quick. I didn't do my re research. I was afraid of being judged by, you know, the, the other Christians about living in sin. And so I, you know, there's so many things that I did wrong that I could have prevented. I could have done my research a little more. I could have taken my time. So I do take responsibility, even things that, that I didn't quite ask for, I do take responsibility for my actions. And I have the same feeling. I mean, there's certainly, I don't think I married the right person, but I absolutely think that I could have done a lot of things different to make it better. I could have, you know, slowed down, just take it for what it was at the time, you know, a relationship that comes and then goes. I, again, felt the guilt for not being married. I felt the shame of not being married. And then I went and had an, an, another kid. It's like, what in the world? Like, I don't know how I thought that was going to help. I love Anne Marie. Don't get me wrong, y'all. Like I love my kids. I love my kids. But that that was not help. Did not help the relationship at all. People that say I'm going to have a baby to save the marriage. I'm always like, let me tell you how that works out. But yeah, it's so I do take responsibility. But Christy, I also take responsibility for designing this life. Mm. Like even though there's dog hair on this floor and I'm locking out two crazy pit bulls and I can see chickens walking out in front of me over here. And, and it's, even though there are parts of it that are hard, are there arguments that we get into when Brandon's doing cleaning out the sheep barn at 6.30 a.m. and I'm cleaning out the chicken barn? I mean, yeah, but I love my, I'm so at peace. You know, the, it is well with my soul. It is well. That's how I feel. I just feel like it's well with my soul. Mm. Like it's well with my soul here. I feel peaceful here. And I think that you feel peaceful in your life too. I don't, I, I don't really, that's I do. I was just talking to Chris Gethin, my friend. And I said, I have, I feel really good. I was going through something and I was talking to him about it. And I said, I feel really good. I'm not under stress. I'm not under pressure. I don't feel anxious. I'm not upset or angry or sad. I feel really good. And that is where I am in my life. I'm trying to kind of get where Miles is. Miles retired from, from being the executive of a, of a Fortune 500 company. And he retired at 49 years old. And right now he's 62. And he absolutely is the most chill, content man. He lives his life 100% on his own terms. He's not mm -hmm. anxious. He's just really happy and content. And you know what? I would love for you, if you're watching on YouTube right now, then comment below, because I know that you can comment, tell us something that happened in your life that was the best or worst, you know, life lessons from your best and worst. If you are listening on the podcast, why don't you send us a review or not a review, but comp, you know how you can send a review. I, we want to get to know you. So tell us what you thought, because I do read all your comments. If you're if you're seeing a post on Facebook or Instagram, comment below that and say, Christy, this is what I thought of your podcast. This is what I've been through. My best was also, my worst was also my best or however you feel about this. We're kind of letting our hearts hang out here. We're kind of exposing everything to you right now. And we want you to tell us what you think and we'd love to hear your story as well. Oh, and let me just say, your worst might just be your standalone worst. I mean, example, a Christine, I had an uncle that molested us, a step uncle, and he's just a horrible man. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how to make that into a best. It's not going to be a best. It was an awful situation. And now every time I talk to my kids, 
Well, when they were little, I'd always be like, don't let anyone touch where your swimsuit goes. I mean, it's Christy's bad. When they were at camp one time, I was like, hey, kids. And Chase turns around. He goes, mom, I know no one touches my private parts. Like, I don't make a joke out of being molested, but it, it, it has not turned into my best. Now, has it made me more resilient? Yes. Has it made me be able to reach and help and understand other people that have gone through crap like that? Yes, it does. But I don't know how to make a best out of that. My dad wanted to go kill the man. My mom begged him not to. So, you know, it's, it, it's just the, sometimes the worst is just the worst. It really is. But there's a song, there's a song that in church that says he makes beautiful things, beauty from ashes, mm. the oil of joy from mourning, the garment of praise from the spirit of heaviness. You know, the Bible talks about making beauty from ashes. And I just want to say, thank you, God, for taking the ashes of my life and the mistakes I've made and the people that I should not have married and all the craziness in my life. And thank you. Sorry, Christy, I don't mean to make you cry. <laughs> thank you, God, for making beauty from the ashes. Thank you for giving me a second chance. Thank you for giving me, thank you for giving me a husband that could love me completely. And thank you for making me confident. I am not the person that Christy saw when I was going through that. I'm a different person. So I, I have beauty from ashes and I am so thankful to be able to have walked through that horrible experience. If I knew that Brandon would have been on the other side, I would have run right through it. Oh. <laughs> you know, I have great memories of dad playing his guitar and singing that song. You mm -hmm. know, that I can picture that and, and just singing. Oh, gosh. Oh, yeah. I'm oh, sorry, great. Christy. <laughs> I just put my makeup on, too. Sorry for those Beauty of you guys listening on. <laughs> Oil of oh. joy from morning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heavy that's an old one y'all like that's if you old. remember that if you remember that one you were in the o-tab in 1987. yes <laughs> oh i have great memories great memories oh geez well we we appreciate you guys um listening in we appreciate you sharing this we appreciate uh, any comments you want to leave us please interact with us we love you we love having a relationship with you you're not just a number to us you are part of our community and part of our family so we hope you enjoyed this episode of rebel weight loss and lifestyle of course like i always say the best place to get started with code red is a 10 pound takedown but we do provide plenty of free resources for you to be able to get started on your own without investing any money 10 pound takedown.com lots of free resources we will see you on the next episode of rebel weight loss and lifestyle take care thanks for listening to this episode of rebel weight loss and lifestyle if you're not subscribed already please be sure to do that right now and if you enjoyed this episode i would love it if you could do me a quick favor and rate and review this podcast that would be just so helpful speaking of health let me know if I can help you. Go to coderedlifestyle.com, check out my programs, and see what we can do for you. Until next time, rebel on.